Hi there, we're going to continue on with John chapter 11 and Lazarus being raised up from the dead. Uh, just to re repeat a little bit of what we did last week was that Jesus, the minute Jesus heard that his friend Lazarus was sick, he made a statement. He, he declared the end from the beginning. And you know, that's what the Holy Ghost is waiting on us to do sometimes is to declare the end from the beginning. And uh, Jesus's comment was, this sickness is not to the advantage of death, but it's for the glory of God, that through it, the Son of God would be glorified. And so uh, he declared the end from the beginning about what was happening with Lazarus. He waited a couple of days and then he went because he was waiting on the moving of the Spirit in him. And, and then it says when he got to Martha, we, we saw that she, um, she said, if you had been here, Lord, my brother would not have died. And she uh, was really relating to Jesus, the guy that hung out at her supper table. <laughs> she didn't relate to him as Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And, and so she was uh, relating to him on a lower level. And uh, of course, at this time, nobody had been born again anyway, but still, Peter had seen him for the Christ, the son of the living God. And so, uh, but Martha was still relating to him. He was a family friend and she, she knew he had uh, a great ministry, but she just was still interpreting, which we do so many times. We interpret things through our natural reasoning rather than by the spirit of God. And we lose out, I believe, on a lot of the miraculous, dunamis, miracle-working power of God because we interpret it from our natural reasoning. And we really have to be careful with that, especially, that especially happens to us when, um, when we've uh, had a failure, an apparent failure. It looks like we failed, our prayers failed, or we didn't get them answered or something. So then we start reasoning with natural reasoning as to why that happened that way. And that's when we get in trouble. We need to, we need to hear about it from the Word of God itself. And so um, she, she asked him from a lesser to a greater. I mean, yeah. Her, she she referred to Jesus as asking the Father as a lesser to a greater. So that shows us that she did not have that revelation of Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said he is the resurrection. And we're kind of meditating on that. What does that mean exactly? I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And so then she, uh, she said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, and you, that you should come into this world. And she had said, so she went and got her sister, Mary. And we made note that, um, in one case, Mary and Martha, Martha was busy serving and doing things. And Mary was sitting at Jesus feet, but here Martha's up moving and she's the one that ran out to meet Jesus. Mary stayed seated, seated in the house. So Mary was still meditating and seated at Jesus' feet, if you will. But Martha's faith is the one that Jesus was working off of in this story. And um, uh, the Jews then, they saw Mary get up and run out to meet Martha where she was with Jesus. And they, they came and followed her. And then in verse 32 of John chapter 11, when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying unto him, once again, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. That's our natural mind functioning. And remember over and earlier in chapter 11, where Jesus said, uh, Lazarus sleeps, but I go that he may waken. 
And then the, he finally told him, Lazarus is dead. And he said, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent that you may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. So Jesus had declared the end from the beginning, and then he waited two more days, and it took two days to get there. So the, Lazarus would have been in the grave four days down. And, uh, and he told them, I'm glad I was not there for your sake so that you can believe. Because uh, we discussed that, that the Jewish tradition was that if someone was dead in the grave four days, they were really dead. And so this was showing them that Lazarus was really dead. It wasn't just a plaything. It wasn't just a make-believe. It wasn't just a oops mistake. We saw that wrong. No, he was really dead. And, um, that, and Jesus being the resurrection and the life, you know, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and I and quickens our mortal body. So that resurrection power is in you and I. And I, I just pray that we'll get this revelation. I want to get it more and more and more. The revelation of the quickening revel resurrection power of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. The world's waiting on it. The, the lost creatures of the world and all of creation is waiting for us to get the revelation that, that we are in the resurrection power with Jesus Christ. And we have that to offer we have that to give. When someone's sick, we, we have that to lay hands on the sick that they may recover. We have that in our prayer life to deliver them from evil. Uh, when they're held up in drugs and bondages of sin, that we can get them extracted out of that because of, of, of our um, waiting on listening to the Holy Spirit and doing what He tells us to do. But that power is in us. We talked about that a couple of times back. <clears throat> Excuse me. That the, the the all of the different expressions of God's power were released at the at the resurrection, and um, and that powers in us and quickens our mortal bodies. Man, when I, when I teach you on this or talk about this, I think get hold of it, Mary Jean. Get hold of it. Meditate on it more and more and more, and speak about it. Talk to yourself about it. Let the words come out of your mouth that I, I am the resurrection and the life in Christ. In Christ, we, we are in Him. And so um, look what happens here. Jesus did that. He stirred Himself up. And that's what we're called to do. When Mary came and she said, If you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 33 of John 11. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. He groaned in the spirit and it says and was troubled. And literally it means um, he troubled himself. You know, uh, we're told in, um, where is it? Uh, we'd stir ourselves up on your most stir yourself up, stir up the spirit within you, stir the embers and the fire of God, stir that spirit within us. And, uh, and that's what he did. He groaned in the spirit. He stirred or agitated. And it's like bringing water to a boil. And, and it says, uh, groan means to snort with anger, to have indignation, to murmur against, to sternly enjoin, so he got real serious and he stirred up that resurrection life. I am the resurrection and the life. He comes over here. Nobody there has any faith of what he could do. They all think that it's over 
if you if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And that's but but that time's passed now, and there's nothing you can do. And so he he had to work off of his faith only, and he he had to gather his <laughs> gather himself together and get focused. I, I think he was getting focused in the Holy Ghost, and he stirred himself up. It said he was uh, in the Amplified. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. He chafed in the spirit and sighed and was disturbed. I think uh, one uh, explanation is he saw everybody crying, and there was no faith there at all. And I think it kind of made him a little. It, it angered him, not at the people, but at the situation. And at the devil who created the situation. And it's and he stirred himself. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. He released his emotion and said, I don't know if that would have been his emotional realm or the spirit wept. I And I think the, the spirit wept over the lack of faith because... Um, in Deuteronomy, it talks about a, a perverse generation in whom there is no faith. So when God comes up on a situation and nobody's believing for anything, it's a perverse situation. That's perversity to the Lord. Faith is the atmosphere in which he lives and breathes. And so when we have no faith, that's a perverse thing to God. And uh, I think that's what saddened him. And, you know, maybe Jesus is, uh, you try to see he's getting in, He's seeing his need more and more. It's coming to him, his need to go to the cross so we can be born again and get that measure of faith and back into us. And so, and, and he wept. And then he said to the Jews, behold how, then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? So see, they're, they're reasoning and second-guessing him. And Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, came to the grave. It was a cave, and, and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha. No, he didn't say it like that. He said, take away the stone. And then it says, Martha, his sister, that, uh, that Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks for he has been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God. I want you to mark that in your Bibles. I want you to memorize it in your head. That is a powerful scripture. That is a scripture that kept me on course when I was believing over several years for a person's soul. And every time they would... Uh, what, what, drop a shoe or mess up again and you'd want to quit and throw in the towel, the Lord would say to me, if you believe, you shall see the glory. I don't know what kind of pressure you may be under right now. I don't know what, what you're believing for. And, and listen, when you start believing for something, all hell breaks loose to stop it. So um, don't, don't be surprised if things get worse and the pressure gets greater to get you to quit. That person may be that you're believing for their soul. Maybe they've started getting real ugly with you or saying nasty things about you or being mean to you in some way. But that's because you're believing for their soul and the devil wants you to stop. And uh, if you believe, 
you shall see the glory. If we believe, we shall see the glory. And that can that applies in, this is a life and death matter, but that applies in anything. Maybe you're believing to get your house note paid. Maybe you're believing to pay off a school loan. Maybe you're believing, if you believe, you shall see the glory. And we're told in Exodus that the glory, uh, Jesus, uh, God told Moses uh, that I will cause my goodness to pass before you. The word glory literally means to be heavy in goodness. When the glory comes into a room, there's a heaviness that comes on you. And uh, uh, actually, when I've been in meetings where the uh, where the presence is real, real strong, I just sort of go into a coma. <laughs> I mean, I just really get, I really get, I've been in a meeting before where the, the presence of God was so strong, the preacher just stopped and she's laid down. And uh, the rest of us, we just went into a, a, a coma. And um, I was just... Uh, I was, I was aware if somebody said anything, I was aware. And do you know what? The, they had already brought the children in from the nursery at this time. Uh, it had been after 9 o'clock, and the, the kids, the nursery workers, went home. So the kids were in there, and nobody made a sound. It was just quiet because the presence of God was so strong. And it causes us to rest. He said, I will, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And so... Um, uh, if we will believe the, if we believe, we shall see the glory. And I might just add to you, there's all joy and peace in believing. So if you're not experiencing joy and peace, you're not believing. So whatever's in the way of your believing, let's get it corrected. Sometimes you know I have to tell myself, I need to come to Jesus meeting because I need I'm I'm not doing right here. I'm agitated. And when I'm agitated, then something's not right. I need to get back into my joy and peace and believing. Amen. But I love that statement. If you believe, and the Lord uses that with me so many times. Now, Mary Jean, if you believe, you shall see the glory. In other words, you will see all my goodness. You will see my goodness. It will be heavy in goodness. Now, you've got to believe that God is good in order to be able to see these things. But if you believe, you shall see the glory. Amen. I love that. And then, and then look what Jesus said. So they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted his eyes. That's always a good thing to do. Lift up your vision. Lift up and look at, look at from heaven's point of view. He lifted his eyes, and he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Well, when did he heard him? He heard him back over here in chapter 4 when Jesus, I mean, chapter 11, verse 4, when Jesus said, this sickness is not to the advantage of death, but for the glory, the overwhelming, exceeding glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified through it and by it. That's when he heard him. He heard him when he went right out of the box. What did Jesus say about this situation? He heard him. And uh, that, that has blessed me so much to know that be very careful when bad news comes. Be very careful when you listen to the news at all, because it's all bad. Be very careful what your first comments are. And, you know, we're all human. And with all the wickedness and darkness and evil that's going on in the world today, and then we make these little off-cuff comments, but we're making statements of faith. And if it's not something you want to see happen, then don't make that statement of faith. 
because uh, God is listening for faith. He's listening for someone who can believe, uh, uh, who, who will believe and see the glory. He's looking for someone, a man who will stand in the gap from all the darkness that's in the earth and hook in to the goodness and the glory of God. Amen. He said, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I know that thou hast hearest me always, because of, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that you have sent me. So he made his statement of faith, not because he and God needed him to do it, but because the people around him needed to hear. He said, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. I, I stated the end from the beginning four days ago. And so, uh, but he had to wait four days to see it, it come to pass. And when he got there, it looked like it didn't work at all. I mean, put yourself in, his, in that position. When, when you get there and not only did, did the guy not get healed, he died. And so um, now you've got to continue. You've really got to believe in what you say is coming to pass. And I, I really think the key to that, and I'm not claiming to be there, but the, the key to that is, is watching what we say all the time. And then the key to that would be um, uh, that when we do speak, we believe in what we say. Do, we, do I believe what I'm saying? Have I thought about it enough to even put faith behind it, what I'm saying? And I think uh, the days ahead, this is going to be real important because kingdom is coming. The kingdom is, come, is here and it's increasing and it's enlarging and um that's that's the uh you know by faith noah uh, was warned of god uh and built an ark for the salvation of his household and that's what we're doing we're having to build that ark and so by faith we um we're working by faith we're going to be in we're working out of another kingdom not the kingdom of this world but the kingdom of god and jesus said for us to pray thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he said, I know that you've heard me, but I said it for the sake of the people. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the people jokingly say that, you know, it's a good thing he put his name on there because a lot of people might have come forth. <laughs> Anybody in there would have come forth. But he said, um, and then he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound with a napkin and jesus said unto him unto them loose him and let him go that word loose means to melt or break off but loose him and let him go and you think well <clears throat> he's already uh, he's he's been raised from the dead, isn't that enough? <laughs> no, because when they put him in the grave, they bind their bound their hands and feet, and so they he told the people around him to loose him and let him go, and that brings us back to intercessory prayer because there's a whole lot of Christians that are that are n not loosed and let go. There's a lot of Lazarus that have they've gotten born again. They may even get spirit filled. But praying in other tongues, you build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, but also interceding uh, for one another and helping one another. Uh, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 
that, first of all, God places us in the body as it pleases him. Verse 18, now the, now the, the Lord, now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. And uh, so he has a, an assigned place for each one of us to be in a local church, I believe. And so I would encourage you to find out where is your assigned place. And then it comes on down in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse uh, 22, 21 and 22. Um, Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. So the weaker parts are necessary. And those members of the body which, which we think to be less honorable upon these be uh, more abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. And that means shape. Uh, our shape, our shapeless part, parts have more abundant uh, form, have more abundant comeliness or tinge honor. We give honor to the weaker parts to bring them into a greater place. And it says, um, so there'll be no division in the body. So, and when you break that down, it says, um, the members of the body, which we think to be less valuable or honorable upon these, we bestow more abundant value and our shapeless parts have more abundant comeliness or good taste or correct, or they're marked by propriety. The, the unformed parts take on a greater form because we've given more attention to the less, lesser parts. And just to um, connect this is in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, in the next page over, it talks about how uh, a love is patient and kind, not jealous, arrogant, or boastful. It doesn't act unbecomingly. It does not behave itself unseemly or shapelessly. In other words, love has shape and form to it. When Lazarus came up out of that grave, he was bound hand and foot, and he told the people around him to loose him and let him go. So what is that saying? The people around us, we all have hindrances somewhere in our life. We all have a dark side of, of our soul. We, we don't have the revelation we need. Uh, and that when you pray for me or I pray for you, I'm bringing you to that place of shape, uh, you know, the word of God, when I speak the word in your behalf, the word is uh, fits and forms and shapes you. The word of God is the one that will bring us into shape and form into the image of Christ. And uh, so uh, that's how we help each other. We release each other into the anointing that God, he has such a high place for us. If we believe, we shall see the glory. And he's wanting us to see that glory. Amen. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And we help one another by praying in the Holy Ghost or speaking the word. There's, uh, we've done some podcasts in the past and we may do it again in the future about how um, Paul's prayers for the church, that he prayed that we have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. He prayed in Ephesians 3 that the our, uh, that you'd strengthen us in our innermost being and personality, that Christ may dwell in our heart through faith and would be rooted and grounded in love. What's that love? That love is something that never loses its shape. Love never fails. 
because it never loses its shape. And so here we are. We're going to give those members that are weak and less honorable, we're going to give them more abundant honor and our shapeless parts will have more abundant comeliness or beauty to them. That's how we can pray for one another. Sometimes you don't know how to pray, so you do get to pray in the Holy Ghost. Or if you haven't experienced that gift, I encourage you to do so. But if not, pray the Paul's, Paul's prayers in Ephesians and Philippians and, and Colossians. Pray those prayers for the, your loved ones. That's a good way to pray. And remember, Jesus said, pray that you enter not into temptation. So it keeps us out of the temptation of the great darkness that's on the earth and is increasing, and we will stay safe in Him. Amen. God bless you. See you next time.